This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. All right, my Pain.TV crew, ladies and gentlemen, it is me, your humble host, Dustin Gold, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.TV. So today, finally, 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 I've been promising, but now we are going to wrap up the Elon Musk Neuralink series. So this is part six. If you have not listened to parts one through five yet, I recommend you do so because part six is focused solely on the investors, the financiers, the venture capitalists behind Neuralink, Elon Musk's AI brain chip company. And I'm glad we left this as a separate episode. This way, if there are people you know who are just interested in in understanding who's behind this technology, you can just point them to Elon Musk. Uh, I think this is episode 13 of the Dust and Gold Standard, but the Elon Musk part six. And that way we're not mixing it with the videos and explanation of the technology, but really just who is behind that technology. And you're going to find it to be quite interesting because what's happening is we're starting to see a lot of the same players are behind all of these tech companies and a lot of this CIA money which flows through InQtel, the CIA's nonprofit, nonprofit hedge fund flows into these tech companies via either directly through InQtel or through investment partners of InQtel. And as we move into the next series, which is going to be about AI Foundation, a company started by an unknown man, I believe, in this independent journalist world. I don't think I've heard anyone talk about him before. If they have, I stand corrected and I commend them. But this man has been on my radar for several years. His name is Lars Butler with two T's, B-U-T-T-L-E-R. And I've talked about him on other podcasts. Uh, I've talked about him when I was being interviewed on other podcasts, but I never really did a show on him. So last night, I started doing a lot of research because I hadn't looked into AI Foundation or Lars Butler, admittedly, in the last uh, couple few years. And there's a whole bunch of, of new information 
of which I'm going to show you some of that shortly before we get into the investors behind Neuralink. But what I found to be quite amazing is that Peter Thiel, who was, you know, supposedly the only billionaire Silicon Valley technocrat that supported Trump in 2016 and showed up at Trump rallies. Well, Peter Thiel, who is the founder of Palantir, okay, which was funded, this is admitted public information, was funded by, started with InQtel CIA money. And now Palantir, in 2018, under the Trump administration, signed a $100 million contract with the IRS to launch basically a, a tax cheat hunter software on steroids, of which I'm doing some research on whether or not that plays a part in the new 87,000 IRS agents that will be hired under this new budget that everyone on social media has been talking about. But Peter Thiel, who owns Palantir, has an investment company called Founders Fund, which we are finding everywhere, partnered with all these venture firms that are invested in Instacart, America's largest grocery uh, shopping app, the gig app that I did a show on where I showed you who was behind that. Uh, And so Founders Fund has partnered with a lot of these Uh, money bundlers, these investors, these venture capitalists that are behind this anti-human technology Instacart that's going to eventually replace, you know, everyone within the supply chain in the world of uh, groceries. And so now I find that Founders Fund, Peter Thiel, is also partnered in with AI Foundation and Lars Butler now, which did not exist the last time I had looked at it. So, the base of people involved with AI Foundation is growing, and it's stunning. So as of right now, I am planning a three-part series on AI Foundation and Lars Butler, where we will review the players and the money and the, you know, the thinkers, the, the, the smart people behind AI Foundation, as well as showing you videos of the technology in which they are creating and have already developed and created. And that plays into this concept of the mind twin, which is the point at which you're uploading your consciousness into the cloud-based silicone neocortex, right, that Ray Kurzweil and others talk about. And then that consciousness sits up in the cloud, which is just on a computer server somewhere. And then that consciousness can be beamed down, you know, into a biological or non-biological suit, or in the meantime, into devices like smartphones and tablets and computers, etc. And so now AI Foundation has shown demonstrations that they've already done this at a very, I would say, rudimentary level. But right now, they are working with Richard Branson, they worked with uh, Deepak Chopra and others, where they've uploaded their consciousness um, through through training the system, uh, like I said, in a very um, sort of a micro level. But the macro level will be 
when you're uploading your consciousness through the Neuralink brain chip and other technologies similar to the Neuralink brain chip. So what we're doing here in the first dozen, two dozen shows at the Dustin Gold Standard is I am laying out for you the thinkers that are behind the technocracy, behind this concept of technocratic immortality, right? We looked at Ray Kurzweil, a big thinker in that world. We looked at Yuval Noah Harari, and I'm going to do a whole, uh, we'll do a whole breakdown show on him soon. But others have talked in depth about him. So, uh, but, but I will do it. I have a little bit different spin on Yuval Harari. So, we have to look at, we looked at uh, Kurzweil, we looked at uh, Yuval, and then we looked at Dennis Bushnell, who's the big thinker, the chief scientist behind NASA for the last 40 years, who's right in line with these guys. And now we're looking at the sort of the front man, the public relations guys like Elon Musk. We'll look at Lars Butler. We're going to be doing Bill Gates. And these are the guys who are actually in charge of promoting and normalizing these technologies. And so that's what we're doing here is we're, because what I'm showing you and my goal is uh, once we get through the next f- maybe six episodes I have planned, then I'm going to be able to do a show and wrap up and show you what we did in the first 20 episodes. And, and that is the full illustration of this technocratic immortality dream that these technocratic psychopaths have. Uh, I truly believe, and I have to look at a little more information, uh, that what is happening is they are building a sort of digital technocratic class system in which there will forever be a class of people that are the plebes, the plebeians, the peasants, uh, which will be us, and then they believe they're going to cement themselves in as sort of these immortal gods. I mean, it does sound crazy, and I don't do, uh, you know, I don't do ghosts and realms and things like that on this show. There's a lot of shows to talk about that stuff, and this sounds nuts, but it's not. See, everything that they are doing is based on technology. It operates and runs on the power of the Internet. This is why I believe they are using Elon Musk to build Starlink, which is the satellite Internet system that's going to surround the globe. They are actually trying to, and are actually quite successful at this point, hijack natural life and control natural life. They want to control nature They want to control humanity. And then they want to replace the plebeians' access, our access, to natural life with a digital metaverse, which is like the movie The Matrix. That's where they're going with this. And so by the time I'm done uh, with the first chapter of the Dustin Gold Standard, I will be able to show you and have shown you much already, but I'll be able to put it all together to show you the man and the money and the technology behind the actual real life matrix that they are building. That is, that is my goal is to be able to show that to you because I think 
if you understand it, and and it sounds so crazy, it's hard to relay this to people, but if you understand it, and I work through it on this show and can boil it down into talking points and bumper sticker slogans, then maybe maybe you can wake up more people. I'm not saying we're going to change the world. I'm not saying we're going to save the earth. But you may be able to save some people in your life that you care about, that you love, and get them to open their eyes and realize that everything going on around them is just one big psychological warfare operation designed to divide humanity, get us fighting with each other, while the technocrats advance their human genocide, their technological genocide, their technocratic genocide. And, you know, like I, like I said at the first episode here, I want to focus on how we can live one foot in and one foot out if we can't live outside of it altogether. But that's why I'm doing this. And so the next chapter is Lars Butler and AI Foundation because we're able to prove that the theoretical stuff that Musk and Kurzweil and Harari talk about, hacking of humans, um, the fact that they have a formula to hack into our brains, that they're building this brain chip, that they're going to be able to teleport their consciousness from body to body, that Butler actually proves that they're already doing it. They already have test cases, celebrities and thinkers and influencers that have uploaded their consciousness in the early stage to the cloud, and they can then beam that AI consciousness into what they're doing now is actually these deep fake video uh simulations so they'll take deepak chopra they'll take uh richard branson and they create these digital ai puppets of them but they can have a conversation in real time with a real life natural life human powered by the ai backbone the ai brain in which they have developed by uploading their consciousness into this software system into the cloud and so butler proves that that's happening so even though you don't see kurzweil musk butler and these guys standing on stage together and presenting the overall matrix like i want to do you have to find the players that are building the pieces of this technocratic noah's ark and then put them together for yourself And you can see that they're all on the same page. They obviously either meet, have Zoom meetings, or have a newsletter that goes around because they're all working on the same technology, different pieces of it, but on a a final product. They're all building the pieces that are going to come together to build this final product. We've heard about the CIA over the years compartmentalizing, right? So if they're working on a case and there's five people working, each of the five have their own task. None of them knows what the other's doing, and in the end, it's all going to come together. Well, in this case, they do know what each other is doing. They're basically project managers working on different pieces. I haven't figured out yet who the master architect is, who the CEO is, but we know who the different engineers are, and we do see the money that goes behind it to fund it. And there has to be money, even though money is generally fake because we just print it, 
These guys take a lot of money out of the government, which is right out of the Fed. But monopoly money is used to bribe people like me and you to go to work, work at our job and program at the computer or do whatever our task is without asking any questions. So that's why they need the cash, the monopoly money to be able to do that. So when we come back from this break, I am going to show you something that I stumbled upon yesterday. Just to give you an idea of how, like, we're in this bridge stage now of which Klaus Schwab would call the fourth industrial revolution, which is the bridge to the fourth industrial era, right? Or as I say, the fourth industrial Reich. And so, I want to show you, because we talked about Instacart, because I used to be involved with that business, Uh, what people in Instacart are doing right now and how they've effectively turned themselves into digital slaves. And then I'm seriously considering doing a one day a week show, which is just on Instacart and the gig world, because this is stuff you need to warn your friends and family about to try not to get wrapped up in that because my opinion is once you are done being a digital slave in the gig world i believe auschwitz auschwitz is next for you so ladies and gentlemen i will going to take a quick break my name is dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and i will be right here back on pain.tv you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. This is Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. You will become part of the human cloud. You will be a gig worker. You will be my digital slave here on the technocratic plantation. And that is what your future will be. You will own nothing and you will be happy as you eat Jiminy Cricket for breakfast. So folks, I just mentioned before the break, I want to show you this. Let me pull it right up here. Let's not waste any time. So on Facebook, there are a number, dozens of national um, Facebook groups for Instacart shoppers and for gig workers in other uh, gig companies like DoorDash and Uber, Uber Eats, Grubhub, etc., etc., etc. So I check them once in a while. I, I would do this while I was doing Instacart and see if it happened to be slow in my area or people seemed to be tipping less. I would like to get a flavor for what was going on across the country. So one of my go-to places was uh, called Instacart Shoppers Group. This one has 25,000 members. There are others that have 100,000 plus members. But so now I go on there and I look to see, uh, because when I go to the store here in town, I run into... A lot of the people I used to do Instacart with, and they'll tell me how horrible it is, and they're starving, and they can't pay their bills. And as I mentioned before on the show, there was a time uh, last summer going into the uh, fall when I was able to make 
you know, three, four, sometimes $450 a day doing Instacart, which was not bad. I'd work my ass off, but um, I was able to make money coming out of COVID and uh, in the middle of divorce, so it was worth it. But now I go on here when I, after I see people at the store and they tell me how slow it is, and I go on the national group and I see. And it's interesting because if people seem to be tipping less in this market here in Frederick, Maryland, You'll go on the national Facebook pages and see it's happening nationwide. So people start to accuse Instacart of possibly stealing tips and such like that. But I want to show you, I really want to show you what being a digital slave on the technocratic plantation, as I call it, is all about. And in 2016, Klaus Schwab, head of the World Economic Forum, the founder and the president, wrote a book called The Force Industrial Revolution, and he talks about the human cloud and gig work. Uh, this is back in 2016. So this whole entire gig economy is not some organic thing, this organic creation that just came about. This is all planned. The idea at first is to move as many people off of the company payrolls as possible and turn them into independent contractors therefore they have to use their own cars pay for their own gas get their own insurance uh etc 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 and then they can actually begin to throttle how much money you could make because their algorithms built into their gig apps are what decide the orders in which they're going to send you so I, I want to just show you, okay, this is uh, someone who posts quite regularly. Uh, Christopher Bruce is his name. So he's, this guy works really hard, just like I did for about a year. Um, but I want to just show you, like I always did it understanding and knowing what I was doing and had a reason for why I was doing it. Um, I was working hard for a certain period of time while I was waiting out my divorce to be done, right? And I had really nothing else to do. But so many people I know in this market are actually addicted to this. And the app is so gamified, which is what they are doing with all of us in real life through, you know, we saw it over the last two decades with points on your credit card and earning miles for flying and bonuses when you shop at stores and all kinds of stuff like that. So this is now a gamified system in how you're making money. And this this type of technology and the people that are behind this technology and invest in this technology are not doing it to deliver groceries to people. They're doing it because these systems are the analytics uh, are the test pilot for what is going to go behind this metaverse technology, this gamification in the metaverse world that they are going to want us to live in, in this matrix world where we do tasks in order to earn tokens. And in the case of Instacart, you do tasks. And at the end of the day, you can withdraw the money you made at the end of the day. It's like getting immediate tokens. You can actually withdraw the money after every order if you want to. So it's, it's immediate tokens, immediate gratification. And so they can get you to do almost anything because they're going to reward you immediately. Remember, the macaque monkey in the Elon Musk Neuralink video, he was willing to sit there 
and play the mind pong game inside his head because he was rewarded with a banana smoothie and then eventually with the banana. And I told you how Elon Musk and Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan experience compared us to monkeys. And that is what they're doing here. They're training people to respond immediately. But let's look at someone who appears to be successful because most people go out there and they're making a few hundred dollars a week on Instacart, either part-time people doing it full-time or making six, seven hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. The days of when I did it where I could make over two thousand a week have come to an end. But this guy right here, this is a post from yesterday at 5 a.m. He said, uh, broke all my weekly high records this week. Don't think I'll be trying that again anytime soon. Thankful seeing other shoppers so pushed me to try and do what they do. Okay, he, it's just written bad. Thankful seeing other shoppers so pushed me to try and do what they do. And he's got three emojis of a guy running. Uh, edit before it's asked, he says. I worked 5 to 5.30 a.m. to 10 to 11 p.m. every day except Sunday when I quit at 8:45 p.m. right so let's say he started at 5 until noon is 7 hours let's say he went to 11 let's give him the max that's 18 hours right times 7 days and let's just go over here do this quick 18 so you can see it on the screen if you are watching on pain.tv/gold that would be 126 hours. And let's just knock off six because he said he finished up early on Sunday and some days he started a little bit later and ended a little bit earlier. So let's take 120. So this guy worked 120 hours. This is not unreasonable. He's not lying. I've done this before. He says, also edit 1,525 miles from out the door until return. That's how many miles he put on his car okay so let's just say 1525 miles and let's say he let's just say he gets 30 miles to the gallon that would be 51 gallons basically that he used times and he's in california so let's say right now he's paying five dollars a gallon so that would be 254 dollars for the week in gas and he says down here he posts his earnings so his earnings for the week were two thousand nine hundred and thirty eight dollars and ninety two cents so two thousand nine hundred and thirty eight dollars and ninety two cents now remember he is also with you know 1525 miles on his car he is putting wear and tear on the car he's also paying for insurance on the car uh which which a lot of these people do not think about he may have a car payment who knows but let's take the $2958.92 he says he has earned minus the direct $254 he spent on gas which comes out to $2,704.92 divided by the 120 hours that he worked comes out to $22.54 an 
an hour. Now, when you take away his possible car payment, the wear and tear on the car, and the insurance, plus the food that he's eating on the road. I know a lot of these people, they don't bring lunch, so they're spending you know, $10, $15 a day on McDonald's, which is killing them. He is making below $20 an hour while assuming all the risk, and to make a decent amount of money, he had to work 100 and 20 hours do you know how many hours are in a week it's 168 hours so he only had 48 hours off which he probably spent sleeping which is 6.85 hours off per day minus the time you take a shower and everything else so the guy was only sleeping about five hours and he obviously didn't have time to do anything else at home how you cannot classify this as anything else than a digital slave for the technocratic plantation i don't know but i was doing this type of schedule before but I knew what I was doing, and I knew that it was going to eventually come to the end, an end because I knew about Klaus Schwab, and I knew about gig work and the human cloud and everything else. These people do not. I try to go on here and point people in the direction uh, that, they, that they should be looking into this and understanding what's coming and why they're stuck in this because these people get trapped uh, living paycheck to paycheck, and they can never make ends meet. They're just running around like slaves in the digital plantation. They don't put aside any money. If their car breaks, they're screwed. I know a guy who, his car broke down. Uh, two cars, actually. He broke down in six months, and then he ended up uh, not having enough money to put down on a used car because the used car market over the last years, you know, Uh, Since COVID, they drove up those prices, so he couldn't even get a used car, and he ended up having to do a deal with Enterprise where he's paying $650 per week to rent the car. So now, if you're like this guy, take that off the top, it's $650 a week that you're giving. That's $2,600 a month that that you're giving to a rental company to rent the car from them. And a lot of Uber drivers do this. Those are other gig workers. And so then what I do is I go down through here and I read these comments from all these poor people. Uh, uh, look, Look at this, Jasmine Clark. Yes, I love this. I think I would be able to make this too if I didn't have kids. I work about half these hours and make half of what you made. So it's like, There's people out there, this woman, she's got kids, she's out there working, what, 60 hours a week to make, uh, after it's all said and done, $1,000 after her expenses. I mean, these people are trapped. And so once you're in the human cloud, as Klaus Schwab calls it, once you're inside of this technocratic plantation and you're a digital slave working for food coupons, for your tokens, for your banana shake. What is next? What is next when Instacart or DoorDash or Uber or any of them stop sending you orders? They do kick people off there for no reason all the time. Or they throttle their accounts. There's days when guys will go out there and sit in the parking lot. And these are guys who, who can hustle and make a lot of money. And then the whole day they might see one order. 
So what happens? What's the next stop? The next stop is Auschwitz. The next stop is what Yuval Noah Harari has called us, useless humans. The big question facing us moving forward in the next decade is what we do with all these useful, useless humans. These useless people. These subhuman creatures. So what happens to these people? And the reason why I wanted to just bring that up here is I want to show you what these technologies are actually doing in real life, what it's actually creating. That technology is not enriching that person. It's training people to become digital slaves. And all of the data that we put into the system while you're interacting with a gig app, whether you're the customer shopping or you're the shopper actually doing the work, doing the picking, doing the delivery, we are helping build their metaverse, their AI hive mind, as Elon Musk has admitted to, that we are only nodes within the system that are helping these guys actually build the matrix. Think about that while I take a quick break. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. And I just showed you what a digital slave looks like. 120 hours a week making less than $20 an hour while you're destroying your own vehicle. And not getting any sleep. And driving around eating McDonald's all day. So the reason why I wanted to bring that up is is, is as I explained to you. You need to see what this technology is doing. You need to actually see it in practice. It's in practice. The fourth industrial revolution is the ushering in of the fourth industrial era. The Great Reset already occurred. You know, we did the reset during COVID. Now we're in the fourth industrial era and we're moving, uh, fourth industrial revolution moving into the fourth industrial era. And the revolution is them bringing all these technologies to fruition. So you need to see them in practice because a lot of people say this will never happen. It's already happening. It's here. All the gig apps, which are called the human cloud by Klaus Schwab in 2016, are here. And every single day, there is a new gig app launching. Uh, They're all over the world. I saw them in Poland. There was three or four different food delivery apps that we saw while we were there. Guys riding around on bicycles in the city with big... um, like square cooler backpacks on. And so it's happening all over the place. And you need to see it in practice because you need to understand that it's real and it's here and it's alive and it's coming true. Now, before we go into the Musk investors, I'm going to give you a quick teaser on the shows that are coming up starting tomorrow, which is on AI Foundation and its founder... Lars Butler. Now, I'm not going to go into depth on this right now. I just want to give you a teaser. I want you to see what's coming. Uh, 
so that you can get ready and prepared for it. And if you want to check out some of this information, I suggest you do it. Uh, if you want to get prepared for it before we talk about it, you can go to AIFoundation.com, AIFoundation.com. And so I'm looking at the website now, and there's a big banner ad with a large, um, dark-skinned woman. I don't want to get myself into trouble. It looks like... Uh, Oh, God, I don't even know. Uh, Oprah in a bathing suit. Uh, But it says, bringing the potential of AI to everyone. Uh, And then you go down on the site, it says, our breakthrough research in synthetic media, digital... Uh, Synthetic media, digital humans, and conversation generation enables our partners and portfolio companies to build groundbreaking products. And it says, explore the latest AI Foundation research. And it talks about personal, extend your vision and ambitions. Be among the first to create an AI extension of yourself. Right? Extend your vision and ambitions. Become the first to create an AI extension of yourself. That is a mind twin. That's what they call it, an AI extension of yourself. They also call it a mind twin. They also call it an AI twin. Commercial. Extend your brand and business. Lead the world with digital human-powered products and integrations. Lead the world with digital human-powered products and integrations. See, lead the world with, you hear it? Digital human. Digital human. That's what they also call the mind twin, a digital human. It's not human if it's digital. But in the world of transhumanism... In the world of the merger of man and machine, a digital human is, in fact, human to these technocratic transhumanists. Philanthropic, defend reality, join the greatest minds in AI to ensure technology works ethically for all of us. Wait until you see the video I pulled up from 2019, which I will show you, I believe, tomorrow. And this video shows the demonstration they did with Richard Branson, uh, Deepak Chopra, a couple other people. And basically they're talking about using their AI digital twins to save the world and to spread hope and freedom and democracy. Right? So now AI talking through digital puppets, synthetic CGI puppets of these celebrities are going to save the world and save democracy. And then it says right on here, I told you, Founders Fund, Peter Thiel is now involved. Join Founders Fund, Verizon, you and Mr. Jones, M Ventures, OVO, Abstract, Alpha Edison, Correlation, Endeavor, Deepak Chopra, Cyan Bannister, Biz Stone, Terry Douglas, Charles King in bringing AI 
to everyone. And this is what Lars Butler and AI Foundation have been tasked with. Their job is now to normalize through celebrities and influencers the concept of creating your AI digital twin, which is uploading your consciousness to the cloud so that it becomes part of their AI hive mind while they're going to give you a little deep fake video, synthetic CGI puppet of yourself that can talk to people when you're not available. It's your personal digital assistant. You go down further on their site, the age of thinking things. As humanity moves into the age of all things, okay, the age of all things is the extension of what you may or may not have heard of called Internet of Things and Internet of Bodies. As of a couple of years ago, there was over 50 billion devices on the Internet of Things. And that's everything from every kind of smart kitchen appliance to Amazon Rings, Alexas, uh, Google Nest systems, smartphones, tablets, uh, traffic lights, parking meters, everything and anywhere uh gadgets that you know measure you know you know gas lines uh water sewer it's they're everywhere and so now they call it the age of all things surprisingly Yuval Noah Harari who is in fact a homosexual uh husband he calls him his personal internet of all things. I'm not kidding. That's actually in an article interview with Yuval Harari. And so it says, as humanity moves into the age of all things, becoming connected and smart the way every individual will interface. And this goes into uh, articles that are on here, and I'm going to show you some of those briefly. But something you need to think about is, I was reading last night doing research for the show, In December of 2020, I believe, 400,000 Amazon Ring doorbells were sold. 400,000. As of December 2020, I believe they said 16% of households in America had uh, Amazon Ring doorbell. And then there's other competitors to that. Uh, When I was out doing Instacart, I would say it was 50% of people had um, either an Amazon Ring or a camera. Now remember, you think that's protecting your home. All of that data is fed back into the cloud owned by the respective company that put out that camera that you have. So we are surveilling the entire world for them. For them. So now let's just look at the about page on AI Foundation. It says, bringing the potential of AI to everyone. We are a dual commercial and nonprofit organization with a single vision to bring the potential of AI to everyone in the world so we can all participate fully in the future. Do you see the common theme there, folks? The common theme, they're doing it for you. They love you. Lars Butler, wait until you see this creep. He loves you, Lars Butler. He's like, hello, my name is Lars Butler. I am a James Bond villain and also the head of the AI Foundation. You know, these are creepy, creepy people. And Klaus Schwab loves you. Elon Musk loves you. 
Yuval Harari loves you. Ray Kurzweil loves you. Dennis Bushnell loves you. Peter Thiel loves you. They just want you to participate in the future. What they're saying is upload your consciousness to the AI silicon-based neocortex so that they can have all your thoughts and memories and knowledge and beam it down into their heads with the AI hive mind. And if you don't participate, you have no place in the future. You will be rendered useless, as Yuval Harari has said. Our capabilities help build a future beyond the limits of today. Oh, these people are wonderful. Talks about extending human potential. Build AI interfaces and creative applications that unlock ways for people to do more. Do more, not avatars that replace human endeavors. Oh, they want to help you extend your ability to be productive because, you know, humans are not productive. We're just damn dirty apes. You didn't know that? Come on, you should have learned this now from Rogan and Musk and the rest of them. It says, develop sustainable solutions. Bring industry research and develop holistic tools that ensure AI does not harm people or society. Oh, if AI had the potential of harming society, why would these powerful people that are building AI just not call for banning the research into it altogether? They want to democratize AI ownership. Our users own the AIs they create, putting power in the hands of people, not tech giants. That's one of Lars Butler's favorite sayings. Our users own the AIs they create, putting power in the hands of people, not tech giants, you will see him say. Well, of course, it's in the power of the hands of the tech giants. The tech giants are the ones creating it. So who has it in their hands? Who has the power? It says, top AI researchers and scientists, a collection of the world's best innovators and thinkers, and collaborations with the top AI research institutions have put AI Foundation at the helm of the most advanced digital human AI technology available. Digital human AI. Cyborgs, folks. Cyborgs. But this is important because it all ties in to must Neuralink chip because the brain chip will be the internet router. It will be your modem that plugs you in to the software systems like what AI Foundation is building. And so when you have a computer, when you have a smartphone, a tablet, you're then accessing Google, you're accessing Facebook, you're accessing social media. And so what these guys are doing now is Musk is going to build that computer that sticks inside your head that allows you to connect up into AI Foundation's platform, which will be the software that extracts your consciousness and stores it in a cloud. You see all the parts, right? How all the parts fit together. It says protecting the future, sustainable AI and responsibility. Going beyond pure research or, contrastingly, the short-term profit-led motive, the AI industry needs a space to collaborate, educate, empower, establish guardrails, and acknowledge long-term impact on humanity. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they love, they want to know the long-term impact on humanity because they are trying to destroy humanity. 
learn more about our nonprofit initiatives and help make an impact. So that is what is just on AI Foundation's website on the surface. Tomorrow we are going to go into the team and I'm going to show you all the wonderful, wonderful philanthropists that are behind AI Foundation, the people who want to hook you up to the cloud and download your consciousness. And I am going to show you a lot of news articles on there because you need to see how far ahead they are with this technology that many people don't want to believe is real. And for some reason, some are actually welcoming this. They are welcoming the end of humanity. And I am welcoming a short commercial break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. And I will be right back here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks, this is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard. And I'm getting ready to upload my consciousness into the AI Foundation's cloud-based neocortex. Because I need a digital human AI mind twin of myself. I'm running out of time over here. I need one of these things, honestly. I should be welcoming this with open arms. Arms that I will open only with the power of my mind, but not in real life. Oh, folks, this is craziness. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into the investors behind Neuralink, Elon Musk's AI brain chip company. Now, let me just catch you back up quickly. We started off with part one of the Musk series, if you remember. We had Dennis Bushnell, the NASA chief scientist for the last 40 years, talking about the brain chip at a conference, and then he wrote about it in a NASA document published at NASA's website, and he said at first they would be basically testing this technology on people with traumatic brain injury and paralysis and Alzheimer's and such. And then it would be used to augment the human brain. He openly, at his conference with FIRE, which is the Future and Review Organization, uh, where they have investors and futurists and such attend, he told them that the metaverse was coming and you were going to be able to basically swap genders in your head and walk down a beach with anyone that you wanted to. And he praised Elon Musk and he praised Ray Kurzweil. And then we saw Elon Musk... Uh, how all the verbiage crossover between Dennis Bushnell and Elon Musk are effectively all working on the same exact technology. And then in episode two, we broke down the 2018 Joe Rogan Experience interview with Elon Musk. In episode three, we broke down and analyzed the 2020 interview with Joe Rogan and Elon Musk. I am going to do uh, the 2021 interview at some point, but a lot of it is just, it, it becomes redundant, so I, I don't want to do that. And then episode four, uh, we got into Neuralink and we looked at the product launch, the product demo where Elon Musk um, 
brought Gertrude the pig out, who he had implanted a Neuralink chip into her skull. And we showed you that demonstration in episode five, part five. We showed you the monkey mind pong experiment where they put a Neuralink inside of a monkey's head and had it playing a pong inside of its head. And then we went through a Wired Magazine video in which they had a leading uh, neuropathic scientist talk about the coming human trials with Neuralink. And so today we're actually going to get into the investors behind Neuralink because as I've said to you, it's important to understand the people that are behind it before you allow your kid or grandkid or whatever to go put this thing inside their brain. Remember, they're drilling a hole inside your head. They're cutting an incision in the lining over your brain. They're peeling that back. They're then accessing your brain. They're then taking a cluster of wires Uh, each wire thinner than a human hair, thousands of these wires, and they're jamming them down into your brain. Each one of them has 1,024 electrodes on them, and then that's plugged into a Bluetooth-enabled chip that is like an internet modem stuck in the back of your skull, and they stitch the skin back up over the top. They grow the hair back over it so you don't know that it's there. But Elon Musk says... You can have it reversed, you could take it out, or you can have it out and upgrade it. And he says it'll take one hour, and you can do the operation without general anesthesia. You just come in, and he has a big robot they designed. It looks like a a Star Wars robot that uh, will do this. And as they say, it's like a sewing machine. It just punches the, uh, drills the hole in your head, and then punches the wires down into your brain. And so up on the screen here, folks, for you audio-only folks, look, if you want the video, go over to pain.tv slash gold, sign up. It's like $8.50 a month. I told Mike Moore of Thomas Payne Podcast, the owner and purveyor of pain.tv, to up that to $10, I think. But who knows? I am just a low man on the totem pole here at pain.tv. So uh, let's get into this. I have an outline here. And I have to be honest, I have not looked at this since before I went to Poland because I was ready to do the show before I went to Poland and I just didn't have a time. So let's look at the investors here. So it says uh, Dreamers, XCore, XCore, Seeds, Future Ventures, uh, August 2017, Series A, Elon Musk put in $107 million. And we're going to break this down. I've got, I don't know, 20 articles or so pulled up, and I'm going to go into each of these companies similar to what I did for you with uh, Instacart when we showed who was behind Instacart. Because you really need to understand these players, and a lot of these players come up in the future. You're going to see these same venture capitalists behind every one of these companies but in august 2017 it was a series a elon musk put 107 million in um we've got april 2019 was a series b elon musk put 51 million dollars into this okay august 2021 we had a series c round of funding okay so series a was 107 million from musk Series B was 51 million from Musk. Then we had a so now Musk is like the majority holder. This is why he's known as the owner of uh, Neuralink. It's his company. But we have here August 2021. 
uh, Series C. So this is a year ago. Series C funding round, $205 million. Institutional and corporate investors. We had VY Capital, Alexander Tomas, a very secretive guy, Russian-Israeli connected. Uh, these are some of my notes, but we're going to go through this, as I said. We've got Google Ventures, which is Google's uh, investment firm. Google, which, by the way, we'll get into, heavily connected to the CIA. We have DFA, uh, DFJ Growth. We've got Valor Equity Partners, Craft Ventures, Founders Fund, which is Peter Thiel, as I mentioned before. Peter Thiel actually was Elon Musk's partner back in the beginning of paypal in what they called the paypal mafia and that's how these guys made their billions that set them up to be these technocratic overlords to run all of the companies that they currently run now we've got robert nelson and i'm not breaking this down for you yet because we're going to go into the articles we've got robert nelson he's the co-founder of uh, arc venture partners we have Blake Byers from Byers Capital. We have Sam Altman. He's chairman of Y Combinator Group and the CEO of OpenAI. OpenAI is also Musk. We've got Fred, I think it's uh, Irsom, co-founder of Paradigm and Coinbase, right? So we've got a guy from Coinbase behind putting a chip in your head. Uh, but remember, as I told you with Bill Gates' technology, uh, and his patent we're going to go over, which allows you to complete tasks inside the metaverse, similar to working for Instacart in real life. Like I told you, all these systems are being designed for a purpose, and that is to train you, to gamify you uh, for this future world in which you're going to get tokens, cryptocurrency, Coinbase. You see why these people are involved with this? Ken Howery, we have co-founder of PayPal and Founders Fund. So he's Peter Thiel's partner at Founders Fund, also made fortune over at PayPal with Elon Musk and Peter Thiel, setting these guys up to be the technocratic masters of the universe that they are today. Okay, so then I found an article from May 2022, a few months ago. Neuralink had raised at least $363 million in venture investment. Um, says 100 million, but it was 158 million for Musk because I put this note together from an article uh, and then I went backwards and dissected all of the articles I could find on investments predating May 2022. So when they had the August 2021 Series C, the third round of funding, which was the 205 million, nobody really knows how much came out of each of those uh, partners. It was difficult to uh, locate that. So the other thing is that shortly after the Mind Pong video, that was the macaque monkey that we looked at, BlackRock, which you all know BlackRock from buying up all of the single-family homes in the United States and helping implement uh, Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum agenda, uh, Larry Flink, head of BlackRock, they announced a $10 million venture round. It's first, including an infusion from the venture capital provocateur Peter Thiel. Now, you will see that uh, I may show this on this show if we have time. But now Peter Thiel is actually partnered with BlackRock, and they're backing 
another piece of technology similar to Neuralink, of which I explained to you yesterday, they have to have multiple of these companies going on at the same time to look like there's actually competitors. And it's like the space race in the Cold War between the United States and Russia. Same thing. So you have to believe that there's two billionaires in their garages that just came up with the idea of a brain chip at the same time, and now they're in a race to actually get the brain chip done. But in the end, this is this will all be combined. And I mean, maybe it'll be like Apple and Android. You'll have two versions of the brain chip you can get. But Peter Thiel, Musk's friend, former business partner and business partner on many other projects, but former business partner in PayPal, is now partner with BlackRock on another venture with another brain chip. So that's good, though, because it shows you further proof when you're talking to your friends and relatives or whatever that the technology is moving forward. And it's not just Neuralink as some quack company because there's another company doing the same exact thing. So, like I said here, BlackRock announced a $10 million venture round. It's first, including an infusion for the venture capital provocateur, Peter Thiel. Two months later, Musk, Thiel's PayPal co-founder, announced Thiel had also invested in Neuralink. So, that's where I just showed you above in the August 2021 Series C round, Founders Fund got in. Founders Fund is Peter Thiel. And Peter Thiel, we're going to have to do um, probably after, let me write that down, probably after Lars Butler, we'll do maybe two shows on Thiel because he is a huge mover and shaker. That'll eventually blow up into multiple shows, but we are going to do at least two on him because his money spreads far and wide. He was influential in everything from the MAGA movement uh, to all of this technocracy. So when we come right back from this break, I'm going to start breaking down all of these investors I just made and showing you why they're important, why you need to know who they are and who they are connected to. Right now, I'm going to connect myself to the toilet. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Payne.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Matrix. I am your guide, Dustin Gold, breaking down the architecture and the money and the madmen behind your digital world, behind this beautiful technocracy, behind the force industrial revolution, where you have no soul and you have no spirit and you have no free will because you are a useless human. You are a hackable animal. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So before the break, I just showed you my personal outline I put together uh, with the research that I did on who is actually behind Neuralink, as I believe uh, as I've said many times, it is important important for you 
to understand this. And I don't want anyone to ever accuse me of making anything up. This information comes from the wonderful trusted people at Forbes. Uh, no, look, I mean, you could sit here. Part of the problem is we've been trained during the Trump era to call everything fake news. And everything is not fake news. Hey, we may live in a simulation where everything is fake. And therefore, all news would be fake. But this kind of stuff is not fake. This is, you know, business news. So let me just show. Oh, actually, sorry. It's actually under healthcare. But uh, let me show you. This is an article from August 8th. 2021, so about a year ago. It says Elon Musk Neuralink just raised an additional $205 million in funding. Uh, and the article goes on to say, without a doubt, the integration of technology and healthcare is a rapidly growing phenomenon. Yeah, technology and healthcare, rapidly growing phenomenon. One of the most innovative and dynamic initiatives in this space is Elon elon musk brain machine interface company neuralink a brain machine interface and that's what they call that in the healthcare sector last week the company announced details about its series c funding round as i told you about which entailed nearly 205 million dollars raised the press release indicates a variety of institutional and corporate investors, and I went through these with you, but we'll just do it again because we're going to go through them one by one, such as Vi Capital, Google Ventures, DFG Growth, Valor Equity Partners, Craft Ventures, Founders Fund, that's Peter Thiel, and Gigafund. This is in addition to the investments of notable individuals, including Robert Nelson, co-founder of Arc Ventures, Blake Byers, Buyers Capital, Sam Altman, chairman of Y Combinator Group and CEO of OpenAI, Fred Ursum, co-founder of Paradigm and Coinbase, and Ken Howry, co-founder of PayPal and Founders Fund. Indeed, the sheer variety and scale of investors indicates the hope, confidence, and value being placed in this technology. And remember, it's because they love you. The gentlemen I just mentioned love you, and they want to help cure your granny's paralysis. The author of this says, I wrote about Neuralink's groundbreaking progress in the neuro, uh, neural interface space earlier this year when the company announced that it enabled a monkey to play the age-old video game Pong using only its mind to control gameplay. Indeed, this was a revolutionary step for the company and for the technology in general, as it provided a real-time iteration of the potential value behind this innovation, especially in the context of healthcare. That's what the author says. Blah, 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 blah. Now, let's read a little bit more here. I think there was some important stuff in this article that you're probably going to want to know. Must Startup intends to scale the technology for a variety of uses. One initial immediate application is using Neuralink as a therapeutic adjunct for paralysis patients. As we always say, they love you and they want to fix your body. The insurance companies will definitely pay for this because they do want to keep you alive forever and keep paying your insurance bills. It's so bogus folks so bogus the company explains quote the initial goal of our technology will be to help people with paralysis to regain independence through the control of computers and mobile devices see 
they're honest. They say the initial goal, the initial goal of our technology. But remember what I already showed you, that both Musk and Dennis Bushnell from NASA, the chief scientist there for the last 40 years, said that helping people with paralysis is the first step. Then it's going to be used to augment the human brain. And as Musk has gone on to brag, it will be used to to upload your consciousness and to replay your memories inside of your head. Okay? Now, what I do then, I went over here to dealroom.co, and I'm showing you this again because I want you to see uh, how we do the research, very similar to when we broke down the Instacart investors and the frictionless shopping event, uh, investors and we were able to prove to you with frictionless shopping that there was an israeli defense contractor behind that and with instacart there was inqtel slash cia uh connected investors behind that so i go on here and i just double check and i this is where i come up with august 2017 uh it shows 107 million series a 107 million dollars from musk april 2019 musk 51 million dollars series b then july it should be july or august 2021 that list that we just read twice of 205 million dollars in series c and then december 2021 there's something but uh it was a secondary i was not able to confirm that july 2022 there's uh vika ventures of a 10 million secondary round so anyway they're running around with a total of 363 million right now i believe they have more because the amount of technology they've already built i don't think they could have researched uh developed and uh, manufactured that stuff for the amount of money they claim they have but that doesn't really matter it's just going on to show you um where this information came from now for some reason one of my articles is not coming up on the screen uh this was an article from jpost.com article blah 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 it says no internet who knows we're going to skip past that one because it's not coming up so this article is we're going to go start going through these investors so vy capital which is alexander tamas it's alexander t-a-m-a-s and this guy was really interesting i spent several hours um, digging through all these different investors trying to figure out why they're connected why they're involved and so that's what these articles uh get into here so let's look at this is a uh, necker's mind of uh minds of the market um alexander tomas the vc you've never heard of vy global growth a spec worth watching uh, I'm still amazed by 2020's boom in SPA sees some $81 billion raised as of December 21 and 242 deals. Increasingly big players are entering the game. SoftBank and Thama Bravo feed the ducks while they are quacking. Okay, so this is going into a deal that was put together. Uh, $81 billion raised in 242 deals. And uh, SoftBank, you've heard of. Uh, but VY Capital is a venture firm founded and run by Alexander Tomas, who used to be a key de- uh, deal maker at DST, Yuri Milner's Russian venture firm, 
with close links to the Kremlin. Milner was CEO and chairman of Mail.ru and became a household name once DST started writing big checks to U.S. startups, notably $200 million, to Facebook in 2009. Okay, so you have this guy, Alexander Tomas, who's with VY Capital, an investor right here. I've got it up on the screen. In the Series C, $205 million round of Neuralink, his company, VY Capital, okay, his company, VY Capital, uh, run by Alexander Tomas, who was a big deal maker at DST, which was a Russian venture firm with close ties to the Kremlin, who was making investments in tech startups like Facebook. So you say, okay, you've got this guy now who is connected to the Kremlin. Look, I've got nothing to say one way or the other about Russia or Putin or the Ukraine-Russia hoax war or whatever. I I don't even care about that stuff. I'm just saying... Who is this Alexander Tomas from VY Capital who is doing deals for Yuri Milner and their firm, DST, that was connected to the Kremlin? Why does he want to be behind Neuralink? Why does he want to be behind Elon Musk who goes on Joe Rogan to propagandize kids to put a brain chip inside their head? So you've got a guy connected to the Kremlin who supposedly loves you and wants to cure paralysis. You see where I'm going with this? Like each of these people I want you to look at and say to yourself, why does that guy love me? Okay. Why is he involved with Neuralink if Musk is saying that the cost of putting the chip in your head is going to go down to a few thousand dollars? Where's the profit? Where are they making their money? Oh, oh, what is the most valuable asset in today's technocratic world? What did Yuval Noah Harari tell you was the most valuable asset in today's world? He said it used to be property, but now it is data. And those who control the data will be the masters of the universe. Well, when you put the brain chip the Bluetooth-enabled internet modem inside of your head and upload your consciousness to a software platform like AI Foundation. What does AI Foundation presenting itself in some ways as a nonprofit? What does Neuralink presenting itself as just, they're going to put it in your head for a few thousand dollars. What are they gaining? Your data. What is your consciousness? Your data. When you upload your memories and your thoughts and your knowledge and your life experiences to the cloud, you are giving them your data. When we are interacting with Facebook, with Twitter, with all of these social media groups, when I'm recording this show and putting it on a megaphone, I believe, that puts it out on Apple Podcasts and everywhere else, what am I giving them? What are you giving them? What are we giving them? We're giving them our data. So when they upload their consciousness through the Neuralink chip, it's just a faster way to transfer the data from your brain 
to the cloud, which is just a set of servers. And so now you can start to see why would people like this, unless this person is a transhumanist and he wants to see man merge with machine, then the other one would be he wants to make money. So he's making an investment. What's he making an investment in? A technology in which Musk said he's going to put in your head for a few thousand dollars? How are they going to afford to do that? They'll, they'll go bankrupt because they're going to be collecting your data. They are now embedding themselves into cementing themselves into the supply chain which goes from the data in your head moving it to the data in the cloud they now own a piece of that supply chain i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard i will be right back here on pain.tv you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, and we have pulled back the curtain, and we are looking at the wizards of Oz that are behind Neuralink. The wizards of Neuralink. And right now we're looking at Alexander Tomas. I want to continue. I want to continue with Tomas. It says, uh, he, Alexander Tomas, is Yuri Milner's human supercomputer, right? And we just talked about who Milner was and how they had this firm and they were directly uh, tied to the Kremlin and making investments in technology, uh, all across uh, technological companies here in the United States. The investing whiz has placed some of the most impressive investment bets in the history of our industry, including Facebook, Zynga, Groupon, and Twitter. He is a walking encyclopedia of Internet business models and strategies. He's on speed dial for everyone trying to build the most successful uh, high-scale global Internet companies today now let's just look at it because let's i just want you to know a little more about him because if you're taking notes and you're building profiles on these guys and you're going to do further research i'd appreciate that join pain.tv slash gold and you can send me any information that you find and i will work it into a show at some point uh here's a picture of this uh, greasy looking guy right here if you're watching the video version at pain.tv According to his LinkedIn, Tomas spent 2002 to 2006 at a London tech investment banking boutique called Arma Partners. From 06 to 08, he was at Goldman Sachs in London, reportedly as the, quote, co-head of internet and software coverage in EMEA for the investment banking division of Goldman Sachs. All these guys cycle through Goldman Sachs. He left in 2008 to become a partner at DST. That is the group that was connected to the Kremlin. Initially, this meant working at Mail.ru, for which he ran the IPO in 2010. He then worked on the Facebook deal and a string of other late-stage venture investments. In 2013, he left to set up his own firm, VY Capital. So that is uh, that is very interesting. Now, Let's jump to the next one, which is Google Ventures. Oh, and also, 
So there's something wrong with jpost.com right now. They're having a server issue. And I was going to show you some of the Israeli connections uh, that Alexander Tomas has. So hopefully that will come back up and I will jump back over to it. So let's look at Google Ventures. So Google Ventures, I'm on gv.com. GV backs founders who transform industries and create new ones. We funded more than 500 portfolio companies across all stages and sectors with an emphasis on enterprise, life sciences, consumer, and frontier technology. Uh, As they say on here, tech is our DNA. Our team of engineers and data scientists work side-by-side with portfolio companies to solve critical problems and push the frontier of technology. We spun out of Google in 2009. I just want to show you this is Google's investment firm. We run as an independent return-driven fund. I looked into They're not really independent. That is just what they say. This is Google. Today, we have more than $8 billion under management with Alphabet as our sole limited partner. So Alphabet is the umbrella company that owns Google. Okay. So now, let's just look at this. In QTEL... This is an article from July 2012 on NPR, everyone's favorite independent source, NPR. In QTEL, the CIA's tax-funded player in Silicon Valley. For more than a decade, the CIA has run its own venture capital fund called In QTEL. I brought this up before, and I talked about it on the um, Instacart show. You need to get this across to people. You need them to understand that the CIA has a hedge fund called InQtel. It's a venture capital fund called InQtel. And it's being run with our money. So the CIA goes out and they invest in startups and in late stage companies and come in and sort of hijack them. And they say that it's all in the interest of United States national security and the CIA being involved with technology and understanding the technology that is out there. So for more than a decade, the CIA has run its own venture capital fund called InQtel. It was founded in the late 1990s when the CIA was drowning in data and didn't have the tools to connect the dots. Today, InQtel has become one of the most unusual investors in Silicon Valley. Jeffrey Smith, the former general counsel of the CIA, was one of a small group of intelligence community insiders who helped set up InQtel more than a decade ago. Do you need to to hear that again? So Jeffrey Smith, former general counsel of the CIA, former top lawyer, was one of a small group of intelligence community insiders who helped them develop InQtel. Okay, at the time, the idea of a government funded venture capital firm was completely new, even though this company would be part of the intelligence community. Smith and the others knew it would need to attract entrepreneurs attention, beginning with its name. Now, remember, I also told you the CIA is running a program out of MIT in which they are recruiting people from MIT, students at MIT, to join this CIA. And if they start technologies, they are allowed to own a piece of them. 
So our government is effectively operating like the private sector, merged with the private sector. It's all one in the same. This is the public-private partnership that Donald Trump bragged about. It's been going on for a lot longer than that, but it's all right out in the open now. So our government owns Silicon Valley. Quote, we really needed something that also had appeal to a wider audience and frankly had some sex to it, Smith says. So they named it InQtel after the Q, the fictional character who makes gadgets for James Bond. I don't know. Does he also make QAnon posts saying that Trump is going to save the world? Not sure about that. The funder behind the curtain. Whether you have realized it or not, over the past 13 years, InQtel has changed your life. Whether you realize it or not, over the past 13 years, InQtel has changed your life. Quote, much of the touchscreen technology used now in iPads and other things came out of various companies that InQtel identified, Smith says. Smith, it's like Agent Smith in the Matrix here. That's what I feel like. Hello, Mr. Anderson. So, so what they're telling you and they're admitting to you is that the government, the CIA, is it, let's just, InQtel is the CIA. So the CIA developed the touchscreens for your iPads. I thought that was Steve Jobs. <laughs> oh, you see this, folks? Every piece of technology that has changed your life, I would argue not for the better, came out of InQtel, and they're willing to brag about it. InQtel has also an early uh, investor in a company that stitched together satellite images and maps. That company was later bought up by Google and became Google Earth, which helps power Google Maps, which... 80% of people utilize in their cars when they're driving around every day. So you have a piece of CIA in QTEL software technology now owned by Google, of which Google is just one of these front companies for the government, for the CIA, who helped to normalize and run the adoption campaigns for the technologies. Did I not explain to you yesterday that they developed these technologies within the government, they then release them through these puppet companies, and they normalize them so they have the technology way before they actually introduce it to the public through stages, which is just theatrics. Other data-crunching startups backed by InQtel have been bought by IBM and Hewlett-Packard. Today, the CIA's venture capital fund has more than $170 million in assets, and up and down Silicon Valley, it's investing millions of taxpayer dollars in dozens of new startups. Do we get a return? Do we get a return on this because we are invested in these companies? I don't know. I'm asking. Do we? So right now, I'm going to close out those couple of articles, and I am going to move on to, well, let let me actually just show you one more thing here, because the article there mentions it, 
and I want to really drill this down. So it says, Google's Earth, how the tech giant is helping the state spy on us. This is an article from The Guardian in December 2018. We knew that being connected with a... uh, uh, being connected had a price. Our data. What did I just tell you? The data is the most valuable asset on Earth. Yuval Harari, the king philosopher of the WEF, talked about it. The World Economic Forum. We knew that being connected had a price. Our data. But we didn't care. Then it turned out that Google's main clients included the military and intelligence agencies. See, this is why right now we're two investors in. Well, three, because the biggest investor, Elon Musk, you already know who he is. But then we had Alexander Tomas tied into the Kremlin, putting money into Neuralink. Now you have Google Ventures, which is Google's hedge fund, which is Google's you know uh, venture fund, putting money into Neuralink. And I just showed you that Google runs google earth google maps which was started with cia money and they run that and now in this article here it's a, but we didn't care then it turned out that google's main clients included the military and intelligence agencies so google who's invested in Neuralink, is partnered with the government i mean we many of you know this already and we can do 100 episodes on all of google's ties to the government we can do that on every one of these companies it would be very boring though because pretty much everyone in the united states is contracting with the government in one way or another now in this country you can't even make money unless you're running a government contract out of your company but let's just let's just hit this a little bit more the internet surrounds us It mediates modern life like a giant, unseen blob that engulfs the modern world. There is no escape, and as Larry Page and Sergey Brin so astutely understood when they launched Google in 1998, everything that people do online leaves a trail of data. Data. Data is the most important asset. If saved and used correctly, these traces make up a goldmine of information full of insights into people on a personal level, as well as a valuable read on larger culture, economic, and political trends. See, this is what they're, this is all part of creating this AI hive mind. They want to be all powerful. But if you look right here, right, Google was the first internet company to fully leverage this insight and build a business on the data that people leave behind. But it wasn't along for, uh, alone for long. And then they go into all of these other companies that got involved, but they also talk about all of these other companies, all these other apps that actually run on Google's GPS, on their Google Earth, on their Google Maps. And I'm going to go into depth on this article on a separate um, show because it's so in-depth and goes through all of the connections. And right now I'm just proving to you and a bird's eye view, just just you know, a forty thousand foot view, that the investors behind Neuralink aren't doing this because they love you and want to cure your paralysis. You have a guy connected to the Kremlin. You've got Google, the CIA. Here's another article I just pulled up uh, on my list. Medium. Uh, this is actually a good one. How the CIA made Google inside the secret network behind mass surveillance, endless war, and Skynet. 
And this is a really good piece about this. You know, so Google is connected to the CIA, basically started uh, by the CIA. And now they want to put a brain chip inside of your head. Well, that's not going to happen to me, especially not on this break, because I will be right back, and they don't have a full hour to plant one in my head. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I'll be right back here on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, as I, the all-powerful Dustin Gold, we are headed into the future, a future of technocracy, where you too can implant a brain chip inside your head and beam your consciousness into a pen. A pen that will write on its own, just with your thoughts. All right. So, folks, we're in the middle of this. Let me just jump right back in here to this piece on Google, because this is actually well-written, and we'll do a show just on Google with the last article and this article, uh, for those of you that don't know about the history of Google. But this is really good. I'll see if I can get this author on. Uh, and Surge Intelligence, a new crowdfunded investigative journalism project, breaks the exclusive story of how the United States intelligence community funded, nurtured, and incubated Google as part of a drive to dominate the world through control of information. Through control of information, right? Seed funded by the NSA and the CIA. Oh, and by the way, the NSA, former head of the NSA, Keith Alexander, is a bigwig partner of Lars Butler of AI Foundation, which we will see over the next couple episodes as I unpack AI Foundation for you. But as you can see, the public-private partnership is strong. Everyone crosses back and forth because it is all the same thing. And something I just want to bring up here. Uh, for those of you who did not listen to my interview with Legal Man, uh, when I filled in for Mike Moore a few Mondays back, Legal Man always says, never believe the government is incompetent. The government is the most competent organization on earth. They control everything. So I do not believe it's the corporations that control the government through bribes. I believe the government controls the corporations and they act as one giant unit. The corporations cannot shut down the government, but the government can shut down the corporations. The government can slap sanctions on them. The government can walk into a corporation with guns and take everything. So the government is more powerful. The government has a monopoly on violence. The government is never-ending, continues to grow, and can print endless money. So no one is more competent and more powerful than the government. But says, seed funded by the NSA and CIA, Google was merely the first among a plethora of private sector startups co-opted by U.S. intelligence to retain information superiority. The origins of this ingenious strategy trace back to a secret Pentagon-sponsored group. 
that for the last two decades has functioned as a bridge between the U.S. government and elites across the business, industry, finance, corporate, and media sectors. The group has allowed some of the most powerful special interests in corporate America to systematically circumvent democratic accountability and the rule of law to influence government policies as well as public opinion in the United States and around the world. The results have been catastrophic. NSA mass surveillance, a permanent state of global war, and a new initiative to transform the U.S. military into Skynet. This is a great piece. We are going to go into depth on it. But for right now, I'm going to move on. I just wanted to show you Google Ventures. When you hear, oh, Google Ventures is behind Neuralink, uh, they're probably a really, really, really nice people because Google, I use it every day to do internet searches. So let's look at the next one. We did Vi Capital, that's Alexander Tomas, connected to the Kremlin, Google Ventures. Google, Alphabet Company, CIA, InQtel, military. These are the people that want to put a brain chip into your child's head so that it could play video games and so that it can, can cure your mother's Alzheimer's because they love you. You know, the CIA and the military love you. So let's look at DFJ growth. So this is an article here called Backing the AI Revolution. DFJ Growth is pleased and excited to announce our investment in Data Robot, an emerging leader in automated machine learning for predictive modeling. This investment is part of our ongoing investment thesis in artificial intelligence and growing portfolio of AI-powered companies. The AI revolution, and I'm showing you this one because... Um, this company, really, this is all they're really doing. They're working on AI, machine learning, and everything else. Again, why would these people want to be part of putting a brain chip in your head to, to cure your paralysis? Recent years have seen the rapid and, uh, let's see, digitization of the world. More and more of our collective time, be it work, commerce, chores, or play, is spent in the digital world. As more and more of our society is automated and online, this is creating enormous amounts of digital data. Much of this is behavioral data, which is often considered to be the most reliable and desirable data for modeling and predictions. Now, let me just read you this piece here. The race is on to apply advanced analytics to all of this rich digital data. Remember, this is written by the company who wants to put a chip inside your head. They're one of the investors behind wanting to drill a hole in your skull and put a chip in your head. Today's most cutting-edge analytics utilize advancements in AI and its subfields of machine learning and deep learning. And all of these technologies are enabled by the enormous compute resources of the cloud in conjunction with specially designed processors optimized for AI-driven analysis. See, this is all, this is all this company right here, DFJ Growth. And I did a lot of research into them. 
and they are just doing all types of stuff with AI. They've got partnerships with companies uh, involved with InQtel, you know, up to their up to their shoulders. So again, VY Capital, Alex Tamas, Russian Israeli connected, government level, Kremlin, Google Ventures, CIA military. DFJ Growth, connected to InQtel, big-time AI. Now we have Valor Equity Partners. Valor Equity Partners. Okay, let's see real quick. First partner with Valor. Okay, now here's a project that Valor's working on. This is called... Okay, the vision of this company, make it much easier and more affordable to deploy powerful artificial intelligence everywhere, everywhere. Does that not sound like what I just introduced you to with AI Foundation and Lars Butler to give everyone access to AI? Elon Musk open AI to give everyone access to AI. See, Elon Musk, remember on Joe Rogan, all he talked about was how AI had the potential to destroy us. Therefore, uh, I have to be in charge, and uh, we give everyone access to it. Why not destroy AI before AI destroys you if these people keep saying that AI has the potential to destroy humanity? Because that's what they're trying to do. Um, So in this project that uh, this company, Valor Equity Partners, is working on, I went through all the projects on their website. It's all this kind of stuff. But um, so they, this company, uh, Mythic, they first partnered with Valor in 2019. So Mythic's unique analog AI compute platform enables smart camera systems, intelligent appliances, brilliant robotics, smarter drones, and more. Mythic products are based on a unique title-based AI compute uh, architecture that features three fundamental hardware technologies compute and memory data flow architecture and analog computing see again this is all artificial intelligence all measuring data all building robots building artificial intelligence to replace humanity and so this is another company who's backing Neuralink, who wants to put a brain chip inside of your child's head. Do you trust these companies? Remember, Elon Musk and his partners are the ones who run Neuralink. They are the people who want to put the brain chip inside your head. So you should know who is actually behind them. No? I mean, wouldn't you want to know this? Wouldn't you want to know If you were going to eat, I don't know if you're like this, but I like to know where my food comes from. So I would think if you're going to put something inside your brain, you're going to want to know where that came from. I would think if you're going to jab a a vaccine into your arm, you'd want to know where that came from, but apparently 60% of the world didn't. Uh, Let's look at the next one. This is Craft Ventures, okay? Craft Ventures. This is a pro. Again, I went through their portfolio and I looked at projects. I I can only pull up uh, one or two on each, otherwise I'd bore you to death. But again, this company is involved with projects connected to InQtel, as was the last one. But this is a project, Pearl, that they're invested in. Pearl is a holistic oral health platform that leverages computer vision and artificial intelligence. Again, now merging healthcare in with technology 
and the end result of getting rid of nurses and doctors, which is in the works. Oh, that's in the works. That is part of the plan. And so Kraft is involved with this company. There's all types of AI companies that Kraft is involved with. Okay. Next up, Founders Fund. And this will be part of, uh, I said earlier, I'll do maybe a two-part series on Peter Thiel. And on Founders Fund. So you have Founders Fund, which is Peter Thiel, former partner of Elon Musk with PayPal. That's where they made their billions and what they called the PayPal Mafia. And Peter Thiel has Palantir. I told you Palantir was actually started by InQtel, by the CIA with InQtel money. So Peter Thiel is a puppet for the CIA. I mean, I mean, how else could you say it? I mean, I would like to ask these guys, how else do you define yourself? So if you look here, I've got it up on the screen. Peter Thiel's surveillance firm warns the world significantly underestimates the risk of nuclear conflict in Europe. On the same day, shares of Peter Thiel's surveillance firm Palantir Technologies plummeted more than 20%. CEO Alex Karp sent out a letter to shareholders describing a world at an inflection point and a company on a path to doubling its revenue this year. And then right here, uh, I believe it actually says it here. Uh, Palantir, a data and software company known for its national defense and intelligence partnerships with the federal government, was founded by a group led by Teal and Carp in 2003. And, oh, now it's wanting me to describe to Fortune magazine. But this article goes on to talk about how they were started by InQtel with InQtel money. You can look that up, Palantir, InQtel. It's everywhere. And now Palantir is, as of 2018, helping track down people who are cheating on their taxes in a $100 million IRS deal that they made under the Trump administration. When I go to break, I want you to think about that. If you still follow Trump, ask why Palantir, a CIA-started company run by Peter Thiel, one of the biggest technocrats on the planet, is going after you, prying into your life, looking into the finances of your business and yourself think about that it's all because donald trump and these guys love you i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard you're listening to pain.tv and i will be right back you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, folks, here we are. We peeled back. We're peeling back the layers of the onion. And our eyes are beginning to tear and water from the stench of these government contractors the CIA spooks behind Neuralink, the company that wants to shove a brain chip into your child's skull. And so right now I left off with Peter Thiel and Founders Fund, one of the investors, and I just want to show you, this is a uh, New York Magazine article. 
uh, because we were on Fortune, and unfortunately, they wanted me to subscribe, which I will not do. So this is New York Magazine right here. Uh, in 2003, I, I just showing you this because uh, I don't like to ever be accused of making up information. So uh, in 2003, after PayPal was sold, Thiel approached Alex Karp, a former Stanford classmate with a PhD. We talked about Stanford yesterday, right? In neoclassical social theory with a novel idea. Why not apply Igor to track terrorist networks through their financial transactions, right? As if these two guys were sitting around thinking about terrorism. Yeah, okay. Hey, uh, Pete, I uh, got an idea for you. Uh, you want to track down terrorists? At the time, the CIA unit responsible for locating bin Laden had little experience or even interest in such an approach. Thiel put in the seed money, and after a few years of pitching investors, Palantir got its first major breakthrough in the national security world with an estimated $2 million investment from InQtel, a venture capital firm set up by the CIA. According to a former intelligence official who was directly involved with that investment, the agency hoped that tapping the tech expertise of Silicon Valley would enable it to integrate widely disparate sources of data regardless of format. Quote, I have mixed feelings about the CIA, end quote, Richard Pearl told me. Quote, but their angel investment in Palantir may have been their most inspired move, end quote. And this goes on to talk about InQtel, but here's the thing. CIA through InQtel makes the first investment outside of Peter Thiel into Palantir, credited with launching Palantir, which Peter Thiel still runs. Well, ready for this? Because this is an article from 2018 in BloombergTax.com, which is a Bloomberg News. Palantir deal may make IRS big brotherish while chasing cheats. This is in 2018 under the Trump administration. A contract with billionaire Peter Thiel's Palantir Technologies will give the IRS new firepower to pursue tax cheats by connecting the dots in millions of tax filings, bank transactions, phone records, and even social media posts and you wonder why these folks are going to need 87,000 new irs agents the irs on september 27th signed the deal for 99 million dollars over seven years according to the contract it comes at the end of a period when the internal revenue service lost hundreds of special agents to budget cuts while being overwhelmed by data volume that reached the equivalent of 1.5 trillion text files last year, a tenfold increase in a decade. So, in 2012, when Peter Thiel came up with the idea to track terrorists through their financial traction, uh, transactions, <laughs> think about it, folks. Think about it. I love connecting dots and seeing the big picture. Just let's hop in our little drone helicopter and fly up to 40,000 feet and look at this. Peter Thiel and his partner come up with the idea to track terrorists through their financial transactions. The CIA comes in and gives them a $2 million seed fund. 
Fast forward six years, and Palantir is now utilizing their software for the IRS to track down people that they suspect of cheating on their taxes. Who are the terrorists, folks? Us. We are the terrorists. Look at what the FBI did under Donald Trump with Chris Ray. The beginning of hunting down these fictional white nationalists. When the majority of the radical white nationalist movement in this country is run by the FBI, as we've seen by many, 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 many accounts, they're all FBI agents. The people that were going to kidnap that governor were FBI agents. So now you have Palantir started by the CIA running around with the IRS tracking down people, auditing people, and then all of a sudden they need 87,000 new agents. That's so they could actually go out and harass and collect. But the back-end work is being done by Palantir, and Trump's budget had cut back on uh, basically IRS employees, but the replacement was putting Palantir in. So we didn't win on anything. We didn't reduce the size of the IRS. We may have reduced the number of employees, but we actually increased its power to harass citizens through using this CIA technology. We're just calling it CIA technology because that's what it is. So again, now, going back to the original point of this, Peter Thiel is behind Neuralink putting a brain chip inside your head. Now, what are we going to find out later that they're pulling out of your head? Did Dustin think about cheating on his taxes? Did he cheat on his taxes? Well, through the data that we can mine we can see that he actually had an electrical impulse to cheat on his taxes. You see? So we've got Vi Capital, Alexander Tomas, tied to the Kremlin, tied to the Israeli government. We've got Google Ventures, basically started by the CIA, partnered with the CIA, running Google Maps everywhere. We've got DFJ Growth, does all kinds of artificial intelligence investments. Valor Equity Partners, working on getting rid of doctors and nurses through holistic AI. We've got Kraft Ventures. We've got Peter Thiel Founders Fund. All right, this guy who's literally tracking uh, tracking down tax cheats and a terrorist using his software. And then we've got a Gigafund. Uh, let's see what we got on Gigafund here. Yeah, so Gigafund is interesting because they're doing uh, Luminous. Okay, so here's an article on an investment they made. Do this similar to how I did Kraft and the others. Luminous Computing raises $105 million in Series A round to build world's most powerful AI supercomputer. So this Gigafund... Um, they did $105 million in Series A round with participation from investors including Gigafund, Bill Gates, and then the list goes on and on and on, and we can see all the same, pretty much all the same players we've seen in these other groups. So this company, Gigafund, is doing investments with Bill Gates, so they're partners with Bill Gates. I found other uh, connections as well, but building the most powerful AI supercomputer. Again, Putting it into context, why is this important? Because these are the people who want to put an AI chip inside of your brain. You got it? Always try to remember why we're looking at this. These are the people 
who want to put an AI chip inside of your brain. Now, let's look at Robert Nelson, co-founder of Arc Venture Partners. So, Biotech VC, this is an article here, Biotech VC, Bob Nelson called it right on the coronavirus. Now he has thoughts on therapeutics and masks. This is an article from March 2020, right when COVID kicked off. The co-founder and managing partner of Arch Venture Partners is one of biotech's most successful venture capitalists. He's also deeply wary of unchecked viruses, a fear he shares regularly with friends, family, and his Twitter followers. Quote, flu, get shot, get antivirals, don't die, Nelson tweeted right before Christmas. Most people don't worry about viruses the way Nelson does, so when his tweets started to take on a much darker tone in January, I paid little attention. It was just Bob being Bob. Very scary, he warned on January 20th, linking to a report of human-to-human transmission of a novel coronavirus in China. A day later, he likened the emerging outbreak to the video game Plague and said he was shorting airlines stocks so anyway i went through this entire article which you don't need to but you got this whack job who's totally into the viruses bought into corona con said he was vaccinated okay that guy loves you he wants to end paralysis and shove a brain chip inside your head i don't think so are you gonna let that man robert nelson inside your head let's look at blake byers if this article will load what is this all these websites going down today well blake byers is the uh uh co-founder of oh, no 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 the blake byers okay what is going on this is ridiculous folks all of these uh sites are like crashing today which does not make any sense to me why is this happening Well, here, let's look at this uh, Blake Byers here. Hi, I'm a scientist, founder, and investor. This is a note from him on his website. I work and invest in startups that move atoms and bits. Recent investments include blah, 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 Neuralink. I lead and participate in financing most often for a company series A and B rounds. I co-founded New Limit with Brian Armstrong to extend human health span by inventing epigenic reprogramming medicines. We are actively recruiting for scientific members. I was a partner at Google Ventures. So there we go. This guy is like a scientist. He's involved with all types of wacky medications and vaccines. You can go and look that up yourself. I was a partner at Google Ventures for a decade where we scaled the firm from $50 million to $2.5 billion, my early stage investments, and then it goes into what he invested. Uh, I used to conduct basic research in stem cell biology and optogenetics. So again, you have another one of these quack uh, you know, medical guys, another weirdo, again, wants to put a chip inside of your brain, okay? Wants to put a chip inside of your brain. Now, let's look at Sam Altman. This is a company he's involved with, Hermius, a startup company that aims to build hypersonic aircraft, has raised $100 million in a Series B funding round from intelligence community investment organization in QTEL and several other investors, Okay, who's involved? Founders Fund. 
Sam Altman, co-founder and CEO, CEO of artificial intelligence research company OpenAI, which is Elon Musk's AI, led the venture and round to support Hermes Aircraft Development Work, the Atlanta-based startup said Thursday. So he led the venture round. This guy, Sam Altman, got investment money from Founders Fund, which is Peter Thiel, got investment money from InQtel, which is CIA. So again, you have another CIA partner sitting on the board invested in Neuralink. You know, how many of these people do we have to find? We got this Fred Ursum, co-founder of Paradigm and Coinbase. Fred Ursum, born Frederick, blah, 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 is an American entrepreneur and businessman who co-founded the digital currency exchange company Coinbase. Okay, so this guy's involved with Coinbase. The company went through Y Combinator. I showed you on another show that Y Combinator has connections to the CIA and InQtel. And it goes on and on and on with these guys. I don't even want to go into depth with this, but Coinbase is the digital wallet that a lot of people are using to store cryptocurrencies. Okay, he, this guy also worked in New York at BlackRock as a portfolio analyst. So you've got this BlackRock guy running the cryptocurrency wallet connected to uh, Y Combinator, connected to CIA, and he wants to put a brain chip in your head because he loves you folks, because he loves you. You've got Ken Howery, co-founder of PayPal and Founders Fund. Here, Ken Howery, American entrepreneur and diplomat, He's co-founder of PayPal, which was Musk and Peter Thiel, and Founders Fund, which is Peter Thiel, which we know Peter Thiel, Palantir, Founders Fund, all of that, all connected back in CIA, 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 CIA. Now, this one that I was trying to open before is not opening, but it doesn't matter. We don't even need it. Let me just jump from this real quick because I remember I mentioned to you that Peter Thiel and BlackRock were working on a competitor, competitor in quotes, to the Neuralink. Here it is on CNBC from May 2021. And remember, Peter Thiel is invested in Neuralink. But here, Peter Thiel is backing a rival to Elon Musk's brain implant company. The early Facebook investor has backed the firm called BlackRock Neurotech in a $10 million financing round. The funding round was confirmed to CNBC by BlackRock Neurotech, but Thiel declined to comment. So this is all connected. All of this is connected um, back to... Peter Thiel, into Elon Musk. I mean, back to the CIA, through InQtel. This is why it's so important to understand the people that are behind the curtain. When you see Elon Musk go on stage with his little pigs or talk about his monkey or goes on Joe Rogan's show and just blabs, like, oh, yeah, it's going to be so cool. You could just jam it in your head and mind jump and replay your life and do backflips inside of your brain and then run around and do, do, do a, a, a kick on the beach and then mind jump over here and download your consciousness. It's going to be fun, Joe. You can learn a million different languages. Oh, it's so cool. Here's my three little pigs. No, there are people behind him. There's money behind Musk. The CIA is behind Musk. These guys are all connected. 
And that's the purpose of going into a deep dive behind these companies. It's at the point where I don't do it most of the time anymore because I already know who's going to be behind them. I don't need to spend 10 hours to do what I just did here for you, which was do all that research. It probably took me 10 hours to dig through all that because I had to read tons and tons of company profiles, who they're connected to, what projects they're working on. But as you see, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And so the architects of the very matrix that they are building around us, this prison planet, this technocracy, are right there for you, and it's always the same people. And you need to tell your children and your grandchildren and your elderly mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, whatever, that when they come to put the VR headset or the AR headset on you, or they want to tell you they're going to cure you by plugging this chip inside your head. You can tell them, hey, do you know who's behind that company? One guy who's connected to the Israeli and Russian governments. One guy who works with the CIA constantly. There's CIA money flowing into many of these investors that are now investing into Neuralink. You have to tell them, this is what it is. They don't love you. They're not here to cure your paralysis. Dennis Bushnell of NASA said that they're going to be using these people as the guinea pigs first before they use it to augment the human brain so they can build whatever kind of crazy super intelligence system they want for themselves where they can beam their mind all over the world of which you're going to see the first iteration of that tomorrow when I break down AI Foundation and Lars Butler, that crazy psychopath. You're going to see they're already uploading their consciousness You're going to see they already have digital twins of themselves. This is the soft approach, the soft PR campaign, the adoption campaign to make it seem cool and hip and cute so that when they eventually say, oh, we could do it better by putting a chip inside your head so you could directly upload your life to the cloud and you will be giving them all of your data. All of your data, your thoughts, your memories, your first kiss, your wedding, the birth of your child, the death of your parent, all of that uploaded into their cloud so that they could use and abuse it, so they can use it to control us, so they can use it to make themselves smarter, so they can sell it. Whatever it is they want to do, as Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the World Economic Forum, the advisor to Klaus Schwab, as he said, data is the most valuable asset in the world. It used to be property, but now it is data. Humans have no spirit. Those days are over. You have no soul. You have no free will. Governments can make you do whatever they want to make you do. They could make you believe whatever they want to make you believe. And when we have the power inside of our heads, we will be able to know exactly your feelings, read your heart rate, and know when I am giving a speech if you truly enjoy it. You could have a smile on your face, but we will know if you are angry or upset inside. 
Your data is the most important asset. And those with the data will control the future of the world. Those with the data will be the gods of the technocracy. And so when your loved ones are ready to put that chip inside their head and upload their data to that cloud, you tell them that you are giving it away to those who pretend, those who want to play God. That is who you are giving your data to. That is what Neuralink is all about. It's just an internet modem. It's just a Bluetooth-enabled hub to suck the data out of your head and transfer it to the masters of the technocracy. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv. I love you all. Have a great evening. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash gold.